0: Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight's message, How Dark is Dark? Well, first of all, if you live in the local area, I would like to invite you to a Bible study I teach on Wednesday nights. It's at 6 p.m. at Top Hat Pools and Stoves, And that is located at uh, 2258 Main Street, Wheeling, West Virginia. So as you come all the way down Main Street, continue south, you will pass Cardello Lighting on your right. And in the next block is Allied Glass on the left and Top Hat is right next to that. So it would be on the left side of Main Street and you can park in their parking lot. We would love to have you join us. So I just started a series on the seven cities of Revelation out of the book of Revelation. So we'd love to have you join us on Wednesdays, 6 p.m., Top Hat Pools and Stoves. Now, I'm also speaking to those of you who faithfully listen, and I'm asking if you would consider a financial gift for the ministry. Airtime is extremely expensive on a secular station if you're not aware of that. So I'm asking you to please consider sowing into this ministry and you can send a check or a money order to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia 26060. So I want to thank you so much for your support of this ministry and, of course, always your prayers. Tonight's message, How Dark is Dark. Have you ever been in an underground cave? If you have, you've experienced total darkness. If not for the headlamp on your head, you could not possibly take one step ahead. It is that dark. No shadows, no hint of light here or there. It is dark. We live on the earth, and our sun brings light to our world for about 12 hours a day where I live. And soon we'll turn our clocks back one hour and we'll lose another hour of light. Well, I personally hate the dark days. Those dark days of winter are very depressing to me, and I always rejoice when we can turn those clocks ahead again. But there is another kind of darkness that I also dislike. It's the darkness of evil permeating every part of our society. Isaiah, a major prophet in the Old Testament, lived 700 years before Christ, but his words In Isaiah chapter 60 are foretelling. So I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 from chapter 60 in Isaiah from the Amplified Version. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all the peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem, and his glory shall be seen on you. This is a very encouraging Set of scriptures in one sense and kind of depressing on the other. So the encouragement is to rise up, be radiant, rise to a new life, be excited about that, get away from the depression and the circumstances that keep you depressed. But on the downside, darkness is covering the earth and deep, dense darkness is covering all the peoples. So that is disconcerting, but you know what? We have arrived. 2,700 years later, here we are, all over the earth. Think about this for just a moment. All over the earth, dark evil hangs on the people increasing day by day men and women thinking evil continually as in the days of Noah I'm not just talking about lawlessness where stealing and destruction are going on I'm talking about apostasy it's here now here's what Paul said in second Thessalonians 2 verses 1 through 3 I'm reading again out of the Amplified Version, and I'm going to be switching back between the Amplified and the New King James, so you'll just have to bear with me. But if you have your Bible, please open to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And Paul says, But relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet him, we beg you, brethren not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed, whether it be by some pretended revelation of the Spirit or by word or by letter alleged to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. Let no one deceive you or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come, except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, sin, is revealed, who is the son of doom of perdition. Unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, Now, that's a very key sentence here that Paul was talking about. Unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. Well, we are pretty much there. We're rapidly getting there. I shared a statistic, oh, quite a, probably two years ago that only 20% of American pastors even believe the Bible is the authoritative word of God. Doesn't that just blow your mind? The apostasy in Europe is really staggering. It's, it's a, this is a global issue, this apostasy. And it's not just American churches. Um, now, couple the apostasy of the church... With what's occurring in the secular world, and you can begin to grasp the darkness of the hour. So we're looking at those kind of two places, the apostasy of the church and what's happening every day in the secular realm. Now, let's just drop down to verses 9 through 12. This is still 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And Paul writes, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So we have two problems. One is deception. The other is delusion. And in verses 9 and 10 that I just read, it says Satan is going to use all, all unrighteous deception. In other words, every trick he can pull out of his bag, he is going to use among those who perish. Who is that? That's the unsaved. So he's going to pull out of his bag of tricks every bit of unrighteous deception he can put on people because... I mean, why? Because they refuse to receive the love of the truth so that they might be saved. But then something far worse happens. Those who continue to resist the love of the truth will be given over to strong delusion. Now, I don't even know. I don't even know where kind of to go with this, except, you know, there are people that you you, you try to show them the truth. You try to make it obvious to them that that they're, some of the stuff that they engage in is, is really dangerous. I mean, you try to warn them. Um, They could be family members, they could be friends, neighbors, whatever, but you try and try, and maybe there are others also trying, but these people resist. They'll just keep resisting the love of the truth, and when they do that, they are going to be given over to strong delusion. By whom, you ask? The scripture says, by God. God says, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie so when you get into a place of strong delusion man you are you are past the mark i mean you will believe everything that's a lie and then it is impossible it's not possible for you to turn them around it is not possible and so they don't want to believe in the truth but they just want to have great pleasure in unrighteous living, unrighteous acts, unrighteous behavior. So Satan is responsible for bringing the deception, and God is responsible for sending strong delusion. Now I'm going to share a story with you. It This recently aired on... Uh, ABC's Good Morning America. This is a current situation of strong delusion. So bear with me. This story aired of an 11-year-old boy who is a drag queen. Yes, you heard me right. An 11-year-old boy who is a drag queen. Now, if you watch mainstream media, you may have seen this. This young boy was very effeminate. Uh, he was quite small in his physical stature for his age. So when he walks in, they had kind of like a runway walk for him to come uh, onto the platform with, the, with the, uh, the hosts of the show. And so he's walking as if he's a um, model, And he's wearing high heels, a gold dress with a white fur jacket, a long blonde-haired wig, and lots of jewelry. And so, um, I mean, just to watch that was extremely disturbing. Now, what was stunning to me, (laughs) besides watching this very sad situation of this young boy being a drag queen was the faces of the audience. The audience looked to be like 50s and older. This was not a young crowd. Not. Many were easily in their 60s and 70s. And guess what? They were grinning. They were clapping. They were so happy to see this young boy. Now, his parents were interviewed on a clip, and they seemed like quite normal people. They were extremely supportive of their son's actions. His father said that he was just so happy that the young boy uh, had kind of found his identity at such a young age. Oh, the audience, the audience cheered him on. And he was sharing how much he loved makeup and wigs and jewelry. And the parents said it was just so wonderful that he was such an encouragement to other children. This is strong delusion. I want to be clear. Do not think this is normal. Do not think this is normal. But wait. Here's another story that aired where Matt Walsh, who is like a conservative commentator, is interviewing a 27-year-old transgender woman who is a wolf therian and a member of the furry fandom. So, Matt asks him her when did this idea of this inner wolfness take place? And he, she says, probably around the age of 10 or 11. And how did that come about? He asks. And the person says, well, I was watching a program on TV about wolves. And I said, oh, that's me. And so he asks, he, she, have you spent any time around wolves? And the person says, yes, I was a I was a volunteer several times at a wolf preserve. And Matt says, Mm, that sounds kind of dangerous. And Matt then asks the person if they communicate with wolves. And the response was, well, not in the way you and I are communicating. Please help me, folks. Please help me because... This is so beyond reality. It is delusion. I hope you can see this. You know, it's so ridiculous that it makes you want to laugh, but there's not really anything to laugh about. Do you see how the devil has corrupted people's hearts and minds? And more importantly, how the devil has destroyed their God-given destinies. And see, to me, this isn't funny. It's sad. It's truly sad. And we need to pray. We need to pray for this young boy. We need to pray for this transgender woman. Um, wow. Jude, Jude uh, writes... Quote, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others have mercy with fear, pulling them out of the fire. And, you know, if any of you listening out there, and I know this show goes from Maine to Florida, if you know this young boy or you know this wolf Wolfarian person, would you make a point to maybe try to talk to them, to try to share the truth with them somehow? I mean, we should try to pull them out of the fire, snatch them out of this delusion. Um, but uh, it's, it, it's going to be a very difficult, it's going to be a very difficult job. So how dark is dark? Malachi chapter 3 and 4 warn us about the coming day of the Lord. And Malachi chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming says the lord of hosts but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like the refiner's fire and like launderers soap he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver he will purify the sons of levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the lord offering in righteousness so we see in those um, several scriptures first of all it's very clear behold he is coming he Jesus is coming he's coming and first he's going to come for his bride and then seven years of tribulation and then he will then appear to Whole earth, so he is coming, and who can endure the day of his coming? Mm. Well, the point is that we want to be in a position to let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, begin to refine us, begin to cleanse us, begin to purify us so that we are ready for his coming. Now, Malachi chapter 4 says, For behold, the day comes that shall burn like an oven, and all the proud and arrogant, yes, and all that do wickedly and are lawless, shall be stubble. The The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so it will leave them neither root nor branch." But unto you who revere and worshiply fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings and his beams and you shall go forth and gamble like calves released from the stall and leap for joy. And gamble is not like gambling money. Gamble is like to um, to like leap. So this is so serious. And the day of his coming is at hand. And that's kind of what I've been trying to point out to you in the last several messages, is that he is coming. He is coming soon. This is serious. We are living um, like it was in the days of Noah. We are living like it was in the days of Lot. And when you read the account of Lot and his family living in Sodom, it's a it's scary. Every, every time I read that passage, the fear of the Lord comes on me. Paul wrote in First Thessalonians 5, verses 4 and 5, this is what Paul says. He says, but you brethren, that's you and I, we're brethren. He says, but you brethren are not in darkness, so that this day, that is referring to the coming of the Lord, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober or self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So it's very clear scripturally how dark is dark? It's very dark. And it gets darker by the day. But, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, We are sons and daughters of the light. We are sons and daughters of the day. Just remember, we are not of the darkness. And we should do everything within us to begin to walk as holy as pure as we possibly can this is not a time to get lazy to be apathetic to you know this is this is a time to be very very diligent this is a time to be in the word of God studying preparing yourself Um, there are so many people that need Jesus So many people, and they're not going to find Jesus if we don't tell them about Jesus. So we have an obligation. So if you're listening to this program tonight and you do not know Jesus, would you please pray this prayer with me? Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I want to know you as my Lord And my Savior, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteous behavior. I thank you, Jesus, that you shed your blood on the cross for me. Today, I confess with my mouth, Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God raised you, Jesus, from the dead. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for your precious blood cleansing me. I want to serve you all the days of my life. I want to live for you, and I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for coming into my heart and transforming forming me into a new creation. If you prayed that prayer, would you send me an email at dawn, D-A-W-N, all lowercase, dawn at pureheart.today. That's dawn at pureheart.today. Well, it's that time again. It's hard to believe That, you know, the program is done, but here we are. You can go to www.pureheart.today to listen to this podcast again. You can uh, download the iHeart Media app and go to Pure Heart Ministries and listen to it. I certainly look forward to being with you next week, and I really do hope that I get email from you. I really. Uh, thank you for helping to financially support this ministry. I look forward to being with you next week. So, this is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you.